Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the top 10 of anything podcast. Let's start the countdown. 10, 9, Good evening, and let me tell you that you'll be a psycho to miss this one. So let's look through the rear window directly north by northwest and avoid suspicion by taking 39 steps to find out what the young and innocent think of our choices of top 10 of our favourite Alfred Hitchcock movies are. It's me, Neil, perhaps not with us, I'm afraid, so I have to talk to you with myself, but I am excited to say I'm joined by the lovely ladies, Rebecca Amani. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's the wonderful Jen Berg and the Kareen Pasta. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. <laughs> was that a bit too much, was it? A bit too uh, obvious on the choices of words of Alfred Hitchcock in there? Not at all. You could do it all day. Oh, well, we could try. I mean, I'd run out of movies <laughs> eventually. So, ladies, what I'm going to quickly do is I'm going to give you some Alfred Hitchcock facts, because that's what I normally have to do. You can usher me along if you know them, or you can take them in and win, I don't know, Trivial Pursuit the next time you play. Maybe, maybe not. So here we go. Alfred Hitchcock has never won a Best Director Oscar. You know, I didn't know that until I read it. So the director starred in a cameo as himself in almost every one of his movies. The person who loved to terrify others with his films had several phobias himself. Hitchcock was afraid of children, oval objects, and police officers. Alfred Hitchcock never learned to drive and did not get a driver's license. This was probably due to the reluctance to contact the police once again. Hitchcock was banned from entering Disneyland, and Walt Disney himself refused to use the amusement park as a location for filming because the director made that disgusting movie, Psycho. Due to his excess weight and small stature, the director was released from service during the First World War. Um, For four decades, Hitchcock's wife, Alma Reveal, helped with the scripts and, well, pretty much every other aspect of the filmmaking. Defining much of his style, it was reportedly her idea to use Bernard Herrmann's string score for the shower scene in Psycho. While some actresses defended him, the bad stories are really bad. For example, he referred to the 39 Steps lead actress as the Birmingham Tart. Not a cool word, fellas. We all know that. And then he'd direct her by pretending he was going to jerk off to get a shocked face. Hitchcock enjoyed very un-Hitchcockian movies. The last film he ever screened in his studio was 1977 Smokey and the Bandit. And in 1979, Hitchcock received the Lifetime Achievement Award from the American Film Institute. He jokingly told his friends that he might die soon. 
A year later, the talented director was gone. So there we are. Some facts for Hitchcock for you to peruse and think about. So, ladies, we'll go to Kareem first. How hard did you find it to make this top 10 list? Um, I was able to do top eight. Um, I had a few, I had a little bit of trouble with nine and 10. So I did watch a lot, but it it was a bit difficult. There's yeah. a lot of movies. <laughs> There's a lot of movies to see. And you, Jen, what about yourself? Did... Well, originally I'm like, well, I had my number one. That was easy. I'm like, I can, I can do the rest of the list. No problem. But like 20 minutes ago, I was still changing stuff because it's it's tough i i because i'm like well i know i've seen a lot um and i had to check he he directed if you don't count the silence he directed 47 and i've seen 31 of them wow that's some going not in my lifetime in my lifetime in my life not in one city <laughs> no 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 i was revisiting a lot but yeah uh and as, as I was trying to narrow it down, as my sister pointed out, not all of them are winners. Mm. That, is, <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So, Talk um, to you Jamaica in? <laughs> <laughs> hey, isn't that one of his English films? Shouldn't yeah. I be very protective of that one? Nah, mm, nah, maybe not. Maybe not. So you've been watching them while you're in Italy, Kareen? Because obviously you're. Oh joining. no, they were all done. I I stopped watching before I left for my trip. So uh, I did so, not. So you had no homework while away on holiday then? <laughs> no, this is the end result of the homework I did prior. So uh, so looking forward to it, looking forward to it. So should we should we kick right on into it? I mean, well, you all know the format, don't you? We go through the top 10 up to number two. We read each other's 10 to two, and then we reveal the number one. So if we've got the same one, we can then shout, oh, I've got this one at number one or whatever. We know the process by now, I'm sure. So who should we go to first? Who would like to go to number first at number 10? This is Kareem. Yeah, let Kareem. <laughs> yeah, let Kareem. Okay. okay. Um, I, my number 10, which I just decided 30 seconds ago, was The Trouble with Harry from 1955. Only because it just becomes, it's not really a thriller. It's more of a comedy of errors. That poor guy gets dug up three or four times, each thinking they've killed him before. And it, just watching the psychological of each of the characters who think they killed him. I don't think I've seen this one. You have to forgive <laughs> me. I'm just looking it up quickly to see who's in it. I, I had the DVD. the claim. Yeah. Yeah, very young, Shirley MacLaine. And if right. I don't know if you've got Leave It to Beaver over in the UK, and it's a very young Jerry Mathers as the son. Okay, okay. Isn't it? Is it John Forsyth too? Yes, it yes. is. Yeah. Neil, you might know him as the voice of Charlie in the original Charlie's Angels. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've not seen this one. That's got to go on my list. No, I definitely have not seen this one. There's too many to watch, isn't there? But so many things right now. <laughs> Look, I'm making a note of it now. So you're a fan of this one then, Jen, as well. This is up there. You know, I it was I had a bunch out from the library and I was trying to get through them. And that one, I'm like, because I, I haven't seen it. And I just, 
I couldn't, there was too many to watch. <laughs> didn't get to it. So now I have to get it back out of the library. I'm going to have to have a look at that one. It's about, well, it says it's on Amazon, like everything. It's Amazon. just beautifully shot. It's just like in fall in Vermont, and it's just gorgeous. So. Is, it in, is it in, oh, it is in color. It, it is in color. Yeah. Oh, so one of the, the later ones. Yeah, 55. 1955, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to put that one on the list. I really am. Brilliant choice. Something already I've got to learn up on. <laughs> so, Jen, what's your number 10? I'm kicking it off with um, 1941's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, yes, I know this one. You do? Okay. It's his only screwball that's really why i wanted to include it um because it's not like most of the, his other movies it's uh and also any excuse to watch the great late great carol lombard in anything is worth it so it's carol mm. lombard and um robert montgomery uh and it's just it's very silly and you know it's it's very sweet and there's there's a scene i remember it when i watched it again there's a scene that it, with Robert Montgomery, it's just a little bit of slapstick where he is trying to get his nose to start bleeding, and it is hilarious. It still cracks me up. Yeah, I must watch it again. Yeah. Have you it's, seen this one, Karee? I have not, but I will put it on the list. So <laughs> I think it's on YouTube. Find it. Yeah. Yeah, I think because uh, yeah, I think a lot of his movies appeared on YouTube now. So. That's how I found most of them. Mm. I wasn't going to pay for all of them. So. <laughs> Thank you, libraries. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's a good one. And it mustn't be confused with the Brad Smith, the Brad Smith, Brad Pitt and um, Angelina Jolie. One. Very different. Very mm. different. Just same titles. So for my number 10, I went for Rebecca, Laurence Olivier and um, Joan Fontaine, the old ones, a ghost story, I suppose, set in England. Now, um, I never, I never used to really like this one when I first um, watched it, Daphne du Maurier, and then I saw it on the stage. And do you remember the film Young Sherlock Holmes? Spielberg. Yeah. Well, the star of that, the young lad, was the guy that was in Rebecca, played the Olivier role, um, and it sort of won me over. It sort of introduced me back to the story, and then I watched the movie again with Olivier and fell in love with. Well, who doesn't love Olivier's acting? Um, he was just so good. Um, but I fell in love with the ghost story on that. I mean, it's not a scary ghost story, is it at all? If, have you have either of you seen this? Yes, it's actually my number eight. Yeah, I'll talk about it later. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. my number eight. So Well, I'll let you have a, a say then, Curry. Yeah, I just found it I kind of like character driven actors and that what's her name? The housekeeper was just, I wonder what her problem was. I, <laughs> Mrs. Just, Danvers. Mrs. Danvers was just so obsessed with the first Mrs. Was Played it? by Judith the Winter. So Judith Anderson. Judith Anderson played Mrs. Danvers. Joan yes. Fontaine was Mrs. De Winter. Yeah. The second Mrs. De Winter. Oh, yes, of course. We must yes, say that. Because that's all the name they gave her. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the second Mrs. De Winter. So, but yeah, I find it very intriguing. And uh, yeah, and um, it just gets a little creepy towards the end. And then 
what's it that scene where they she encouraged her to dress like the old Mrs. De Winter and um yeah. and then the twist at the end. I mean they all have twists. Um where the first Mrs. De Winter were uh it wasn't a happy marriage, we'll just say that. And she yeah. was going to uh she was pregnant by someone else and I just found it very intriguing that movie. It is a very intriguing movie. And like I said, it was a bit they made it a bit darker on stage. They followed the De Maurier story probably closer than Hitchcock maybe did when he transferred it across. But yeah, it's a great movie. And we'll look forward to hearing more about it, Jen. <laughs> maybe. You'll have to wait a little longer. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, Kareem, what is your number nine? I went with Strangers on a Train. Maybe I just like the deranged characters because Bruno is completely deranged and psychotic. So um, you just see him develop worse and worse and worse. And there's always almost a romance in all of these stories. And the, the wife, she's fooling around. And it's, I don't know, for me, for me, it was Bruno's performance that Strangers on the Train, and I found it funny at the end when people started talking to a, what's his name, Farley Granger's Guy Haynes character. They just walk away. So um, I just it's really like this movie. Yeah, it's been quite a while since I've seen this. I'm just going to have to refresh myself. Who was the actors in it? So Farley Granger as Guy Haynes and yeah. Robert Walker as Bruno Anthony. Okay. And what year was it? It was 1951. It was black and white. Oh, uh, there we are, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, it's been a while. Oh, yeah, because he's the tennis player, isn't it? He's the, the tennis the player, tennis yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, maybe yeah. it's like a match. You mean a carousel, right? Yes. Yeah. And the carousel goes a little haywire at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hitchcock had a, did have a way with his movies to change things. I didn't realise it was written by Raymond Chandler, the screenplay. There we are. And it has his daughter in it. Hitchcock's daughter plays uh, his girlfriend's sister, okay. Barbara. Has Pat Hitchcock in it. She was in a couple of his films. So Patricia, she's always around. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to rewatch that one. It's been such a long time. I bought myself. Um, Years ago, I mean, I'm going to have to dust it off and find it. The Alfred Hitchcock box set where they didn't put every movie, obviously, in, but all the sort of classics, and that's on there. So it's going to trip up, trip up to the loft for me to find that one. Absolutely. Jen, so what would be your number nine? My number nine is 1941's Suspicion with Joan Fontaine and Cary Grant. Um, Joan Fontaine won the Oscar for that. I. I've probably seen it. I've seen it a lot. And um, there's so much that's great about it, uh, except for the ending, which still infuriates me. Um, and that's why I couldn't make it higher because it feels like the whole movie is setting up towards something. And then at the end, it just, it's just over. And you're like, wait, what? Because there was something apparently the studio didn't want Cary Grant to be the bad guy. So the ending kind of, 
I don't know what it, yeah, they just, it seems very forced because no one wanted to see Carrie as the villain, but the, probably the most famous scene you see in clips all the time is him coming up the stairs with the tray with the milk on it and the milk is glowing. Mm. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's, it's a great movie. It's a very great movie. Yes. Um, Carrie Grant, would you, is he your favorite of um, Hitchcock's lead, leading men? Would you say? Well, I mean, I I don't know if I how I would have answered it, but after this list, I'm like, I guess he is. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, I know iconic. It's actually. not his first appearance on my list. Didn't they? Um, I mean, I may be wrong. I'm just trying to have a look here, and I can't see it. But didn't they make try and make a TV remake? Was just totally lost the point of this film. They must have remade it. I'm sure. A suspicion. I yeah. I don't know. Just having a look. I can't see it. Well, I seem to remember a TV. It might have just been a British TV adaptation, yeah. but God, it's it possible. Was... I mean, I feel lots of his stuff has been, I mean, the source, a lot of them were books and short stories. So mm. I guess anyone can give him a stab. Have you seen this one, Corrine? I actually cool. have, and the ending kept it out of my top 10. It's an honorable mention. Yeah. I was hoping for more at the end. So I think you and me in agreement. Yeah, it didn't make my <sighs> top 10 either on that yeah, one, I'm it afraid. Tough. It was tough. It Up is a tough that, one. Yeah, and I was, yeah, you're you're on board. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, my number nine is rope. Um. So, again, it's a, it's a, just a story, isn't it? A, a great crime story that gets oop, gets you guessing all the way through. It's um, <clears throat> James Stewart, who I think is possibly my favourite of um Hitchcock's leading men. I, I just love Jimmy Stewart's acting and the way he is on screen. But Farley Granger again in this one, isn't it? Have yes. we both yes I suddenly I have seen this. Oh and it's been a long time. Mm. But yeah. It was fine. Uh it was fine. I kind of like the cat and mouse game, but it didn't make my top ten. So no. This is this is one of the ones that I remember always watching with my grandfather when he uh, when he was uh, still alive and I was a young boy many many moons ago, and I just found it engaging. There was a few films. This one, another film that I've mentioned on a, another podcast called League of Gentlemen, which is a black and white film, where it just got me as a sort of I don't know ten twelve year old sat with my grandfather really guessing, like you said, the cat and mouse aspect. Jimmy Stewart always is engaging and grips you in. Um, and yeah, it's one of the ones I've watched probably more recently, apart from my top three. Um, yeah, I just, I'm a fan of this one. It doesn't get that much mention anymore when you read about Hitchcock and I'm, I'm never too sure why, but maybe you said, maybe you, you were right, Karina, what you said. <laughs> it's most famous for the long, the, the shots, like the, it yeah. was only like four or five edits or something in the That's whole right. movie. It takes place in one apartment, so. Yeah, right. But they do that continue, which a lot of directors have actually tried to replicate, you know, Goodfellas that did it and things like that and Boogie Nights. But it's like those continuous shots, which must have been in those days, crazily hard to do mm -hmm. without the technology that we've got. Right. So, Corrine, your number eight was Rebecca. Yes. Great choice, as we said. Uh, Jen, what's your number eight? My number eight is 1940s foreign correspondent, 
with the very handsome Joel McRae and Lorraine Day. Um, I don't, does anyone know this one? Well, I've heard no. of it, but I, <laughs> I've never seen it. So encourage yeah. us to come and watch it, Jen. Encourage yeah. us. Well, it, it, there's a there's a scene in a windmill with no dialogue, and it's just this. It's it's so cool. Like just all these gears are spinning and clunk and. And Joel McRae is just kind of moving through. And of course there's espionage and all that stuff. And then there's a, a pretty, the the other famous scene is this plane crash um, at the end, which even watching now, you're like, that's intense. Um, I don't know how they did that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, they crash and in, crash into the ocean. Um, and apparently they, they finished shooting historically right before they had to go back and add an ending because it's about it, it, he's a reporter in Europe and there's a threat coming from the rest of Europe without being very specific and I guess the movie they had to redo the ending or add an ending because it was it came out right before the Battle of Britain right before the Nazis started bombing London right. they kind of tagged this this ending on with him Joel McRae giving this speech that, you know in solidarity that we're with you in England kind of thing. But yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. You should definitely check it out. It's and their mm-hmm. chemistry, Joel McRae and Lorraine Day is, is really fun too. That's something that Hitchcock has always done in all of his films. It's the chemistry, isn't it? It's finding the right actor for the right roles. He's been, right. he was a master of that. I mean, you do see a lot of older films and sometimes I think, well, why did they cast that? But yeah, you never question it with Hitchcock, do you? Mm. it's on my list i put it on the list to watch so so have i <laughs> i'm hoping it's in my box set when i finally make my way up into the yeah for sure into the loft i can't remember right. exactly what's on it so <clears throat> excuse me so my number eight is to catch a thief um i mean this is a classic classic movie i think it is it's always seems to be on the the um lists of people's top 10 it's Cary grant again there we are um again it didn't make either of your lists no honorable mention honorable i love mention. where it shot though the south of france so it's beautiful the location was beautiful so yeah absolutely and then um, Cary Grant playing the jewel thief or retired jewel thief, and uh, when he he's obviously trying to prove his innocence in this, isn't he? And and yeah. and things, and the wonderful Grace Kelly, the beautiful Grace Kelly in it. It's just like you said, the south of France, the location, the story, the acting, as we always said. It just it's it's another one that wins me over. It, it beguiles it beguiles me. It just makes me. Yeah, I love watching those sort of films. It's a bit like um, Belle de Jour when you see that and you can sit and appreciate the beauty and everything, not always knowing what the hell's going on. You're doing to catch a thief, but in the others, you don't right, always yes. know what the hell's going on. But you're waved over by that beauty and, and everything. And again, well-written, well-acted. I think it's one of those ones that may be a great introduction to Hitchcock, maybe, to me, um, without going to the absolute what I think of the classics. If you, if you wanted to deep dive, that's a good one to start with. But what about you, Jen? Are you? I, I've seen it. You know, Cary Grant is always fabulous. I never been a huge Grace Kelly fan. No. I mean, one of the most beautiful women that ever lived easily, but 
I would never really bowled over by her acting. It's sometimes I always think sometimes when it, you get to the 1950s style of acting, it's always quite hard to, to gauge because they always have this enunciation and the way they right, talk. Right. Is, but you yeah. quite possibly right. I mean, I'm just won over by the beauty on that one. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you can see why a prince tracked her down and tracked her. Marry her. Uh, do you think all princes yeah. do that? Or is it? Or am I always wrong in thinking they always go for frogs? Oh, that's princesses, isn't it? Princesses, princesses, right. Yeah, yeah. So where are we at? So number seven. Kareem, what is your number seven? Some might think this is too low on the list. It's Vertigo with Jimmy Stewart. That's my number five. Um, It's not higher. I got a little annoyed by the obsession. So, but it is a great film. And um, it was just, he hires, he is hired to follow a wife and uh, obviously he kind of sets him up. Um, but, um, and then he just becomes so obsessed with this woman. Mm. Um, that's what kind of kept it at seven so um i got a little annoyed towards the end he wanted to change her hair he wanted to dress her exactly the way it was and i mean at the end he does get over his fear of heights so i mean yeah but yeah san francisco area um but i do love jimmy stewart so (laughs) are you a fan of this one jen Um, it's been a while since I've seen it and I wanted to watch it again. It's still sitting at the library waiting for me to pick it up. But, um, but I remember, I, I didn't think it was gonna really, I don't think I would have made the list even watching again as much as I love Jimmy Stewart. It's like you said, the, I, I didn't like seeing Jimmy Stewart like that. It's just a little too twisted. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it looks a beautiful look and all that, but yeah, I think it was just a little, yeah, t- there's, some ickiness to the obsession that I do. But I do love the twist. I do love the oh, twist yeah. of what happened, oh, yeah, but yeah. the obsession yeah. was just, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But That's the theme that appears in quite a few of Hitchcock's movies, though, isn't it? The obsession. I mean, yeah, I guess the, I didn't want to see Jimmy Stewart because I do love Jimmy Stewart. I don't want to see Yeah, him. but it's bravery. <laughs> well, that's very true. None of us want to see George <laughs> Bailey doing things like that, do we? No. But, um, <laughs> But it was, uh, that's what I admired. I think, you know, Jimmy Stewart did something a little bit different and out of the ordinary. And back in those days, to do something like that could almost be career ending. So it's, you know, it wasn't a bad performance at all, was it? Um, No, he was great at it. It just got annoying, the obsession. So, Um, yeah. But it's also one of the highest rated on, I've just had a quick bring up on IMDb. It's one of the highest ratings of Hitchcock's films on IMDb. Which was surprising. Yeah. Kim Novak, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, here we go. Right. So, number seven for you, Jen. I went with 1938's The Lady Vanishes. Um, it's 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 a lot of fun. Uh, like many of Hitchcock movies, there's a lot of action on a train. He does mm. love a train. Um, 
It's uh, Michael Redgrave and Margaret Lockwood. And have you guys seen this one? Yes, almost made the list. It was, I had three that I just couldn't decide on. So it was like, okay, we'll bump that one. But it is a good film, so. And uh, you'll have to educate me. I've not seen the Hitchcock version. I've yeah. Saw it oh, the yeah, they, yeah, they have remade it. She's, mm. I mean, it's really, I mean, for 1938, it's the woman, there's a, it's the delightful Dame May Witty, who seems like this doddering old governess, and and she vanishes from the train. And Margaret Lockwood is like, she was here, and everyone is like, no, she wasn't. But each of those people is trying; they're lying because they have other motives. Like they they don't want the train to stop, basically. So they all keep. And she's like, "Am I losing my mind? Like I know I saw this woman, and everyone's like, there was no woman. You were by yourself, and she's." And so it's all, yeah, so she's trying to piece it all together. And there are these two characters named um, Charters and Caldecott, or these two very British <laughs> All they care about is the cricket match. Cricket match yes. That's it. And they're trying to get scored. And the whole time, like, that's the reason they lie, because if they are delayed, they're not going to get back in time for the cricket match. And apparently they those characters are so popular, they they pop up in other movies over the years and maybe radio plays and stuff. So mm. yeah, a lot, a lot of fun characters in that. And uh yeah, it gets it can get and, and Margaret Lockwood's character, like she gets all she joins in a fist fight and she's like totally scrappy and tough. And you don't really see that in 1938, where the woman instead is just like, oh, and she's in there like biting and punching. <laughs> so, oh, yes. So yeah, it's it's worth it. You should definitely check that one out. Oh, that's going on my list to watch that version. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, full of great performances. Then is yes. that's something yes. Hitchcock does well as well is bring out the strong performances from his actors. I mean, right. you read things. I don't know if you've seen the biogs of Bet Hitchcock. Have you? Some, I mean, the one with Anthony Hopkins was good. And was it Toby Jones? Yes, I, yeah, I, I usually if something Hitchcock related is on, I'll, I try mm. to watch. It. I haven't no, seen it, but yeah, because none of those paint Hitchcock very well at all, yeah. do they? Very well at all. So yeah, issues. Sorry, no. he had some issues. Yeah, well, yes, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but those issues obviously were what made it um, him how he was, I suppose in what he's made and film-wise. So my number seven is Marnie. I haven't seen it. Have you Um, not? Running out of time, so. It was was just a little too... Yeah, you know which scene I I mean. It was a little problematic. It is, it is. Um, And I completely agree. And obviously, if it was made now, we'd have to change that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we would definitely have to change that. I went I, to I confess, I'll confess, Neil, that in college, um, I did a film paper on it just so I could watch Sean Connery over and over again. Oh, yes, a young Sean Connery and looks really good in that movie. In the okay. height of his bomb <laughs> film. Yeah. And T- Tippy Hedron again, who was in yeah. the birds, as uh, she's in yeah. there. Um now you see. The reason I put this in there, we went to, I traveled, this is probably 20 years ago, 25 years ago, traveled all the way back down to London to go and watch this. 
so I could see a couple of Hitchcock films on the big screen. Now, I'd never seen Marnie until I saw it on the big screen, and it really, really blew me away. I mean, it wasn't at all what I was expecting um, story-wise. Um, didn't 20 years ago sort of pick up on the problematic. Has anyone already watched it for this that I know exactly what you're talking about, Jen? <laughs> but it's basically, um, yeah, it's a very psychological film, very psychological Um I would still say it's worth watching, completely worth watching, especially Sean Connery is very hit and miss. Even back then he was very hit and miss, but in this one he was very, very good. And didn't this cause, um, it won some Oscar, or it wasn't didn't win an Oscar and got a lot of people saying, I can't remember, I'm waffling now, because I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very good film in that sense. Um, yeah, I'll put it on your list and give it. I a- did. It's on the list. So it's on the list. It's yeah. the debut or a very early appearance of Bruce Dern. Was it really? Oh, okay. That the flashback of what happened to her. I think it's a it's a famous shot with. Um, oh, I, was he the Rock, sailor? Her- I think, yeah, and it's the shot oh, yeah. where it's like zoom in and how does he do? It's it's like he zooms in and pans and out. Pull, yeah, he does yeah, the like two. The camera does this weird movement and that, yeah. Mm. It's a lot. Oh it's God, a, yeah. a very, Marnie's very damaged, clearly. And so there's a Fair lot enough. of all that going on is, yeah. Mm. Sean Connery's methods make her better or not. <laughs> the best no. conventional <laughs> no <laughs> no no it will play on you but oh my god yeah thinking of it he must so he was the sailor he must have been yeah yeah, yeah. crikey crikey fun fact yeah well <laughs> every day is a learning day so number six kareem dial m for murder from 1954 with oh, uh Jen's favorite actress, Grace Kelly. So yeah. great <laughs> mind. <laughs> Love the red dress. <laughs> That's my number six as well. I just loved it because obviously you know what happens. This is a good cat and mouse game. Who's gonna outsmart who? Is the you know the police and um and it was just and then um you have him, Tony, who was he played by? Ray Milland, and uh, he just gets an old, you know, blackmails people, try to kill the wife. He's very smug. Yes. No. And then that one, Hitchcock is in the picture and the old school photo. So um, that's his cameo. But Mm -hmm. I just love the cat and mouse game of this. I even like the semi-remake, was it, um, with Gwyneth Paltrow? Oh, perfect perfect murder or something like it was based off of this one so i actually like that film too so again sort of dark undertones you know with somebody arranging a murder of his wife trying to get her killed and right yes you know for the time like i said before it's it's subject matters that weren't really being addressed or they were just starting to and he was full into them by then hitchcock so, yeah, but like you said, a great cat and mouse. Great cat and mouse. I think it was a play, which is why it's really contained in just that apartment for the most part. So mm. 
Yeah. No, that, I mean, I rewatched that recently and it worked for Grace Kelly. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> you give it a higher score. <laughs> uh, but I did notice I almost started making a list. Hitchcock loves a knife in the back. <laughs> yes. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. murder method. Knife in the back. In this case, it was scissors, I believe. It's whatever right, right. she could have grabbed. But yeah, mm. he does he love that. So. Like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but he uses it, he used it on his posters a lot, didn't he? I mean, I don't really recall the Hitchcock TV series. Um, I know I know of it. I've seen clips of it. I've looked at bits on YouTube. But it wasn't something that was overly shown in the UK when I was growing up. We Did either of you watch the TV series? Um, no, but I know of it. I might have watched like a rerun of it at some point. I just remember the theme song a little, dun, 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 whatever right. the theme, yeah. But and he always came walking out. Yes. <laughs> you see this? Oh yeah, yeah. Do you see what? That's from my childhood. I put, uh, I dragged it out. It's uh. Alfred Hitchcock's Ghost Stories for Children. <laughs> and uh, and there was a book too. And those, they scared me so much, but we listened to it over and over again. Oh. And he comes in and introduces it. And there's like this, so he comes in between the stories and he's like in a house and the water's rising. I don't know what's flooding. He's kind of like, oh, I'm going to drown. He's like, here's the next story. Um, but yeah, I did find it, it. Like you can go to YouTube and search it and someone's just, just recorded like you could just listen to the whole album on youtube oh. and you might what listen and be like jen was scared of this no no <laughs> i can understand wholeheartedly <laughs> uh, was it just ghost stories for kids i think that yeah oh sorry alfred hitchcock presents ghost stories for young people but young i think people. it's a companion book okay young yeah. people <laughs> yeah still, i mean i don't know i think some of them still hold up the yeah, there's one with squirrels that's just like, it's weird. Um, but no, yeah, you can find that on YouTube as we get close to Halloween. Oh, I'll have a look. I will have a look and have a listen. I'm always intrigued in things like this. So, Jen, what is your number six? My number six is 1946 Notorious with Cary Grant um, and Ingrid Bergman. Um, do you guys know this one? Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about it a bit later. Okay. <laughs> it's I I rewatched it recently. I hadn't seen it for ages, but it's it's very romantic. It's very sexy. Like that. I mean, the suspense barely is there. <laughs> like one or two scenes, but um, the two of them, yeah, pretty pretty good. The reason it hasn't made my top 10 is I, I'm not overly familiar. It's been a long time and I didn't want to try and get into something that I couldn't remember all of. Right. But yeah. I'm, it's going to have to go back up and watch, aren't I? I really am. Right. And it, it's probably most famous. I don't know, Corinne, if you're going to mention this, the on-screen kiss, because at the time there was like a three second rule or something like that. Like the, the mm. codes were, no characters and he managed to have a kiss go on for two minutes in this very i don't know how would you say it's like 
the camera's following them and they're almost like nibbling on each other, but it's like one long kiss, but the way it's cut, the sensors. Yeah. Got it. Yes. Saucy, saucy. Neil writes it down on his list. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Right. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So I had a number six dial M for murder. Um, Jen was notorious. So we're at that halfway point where I can try... And give you the quiz. So, who would like to go first? Who would like to go second? Kareen, you're our guest. Would you like to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay. Are we both ready? Ready. No, but let's go. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be all right. So, what was Hitchcock's first... Sorry. What movie was Hitchcock's directorial debut? I don't have an answer. Um, was it oh, what, Garden and Paradise or anything like that? Oh, you were so close. Oh, <laughs> you are so close. Sounds like you'd be watching this while watching Notorious. Do you know Jen? Are you see? I don't know the silence, but oh my gosh, I, I was gonna go the lodger, but I know that's wrong. It is, yeah, it is the pleasure garden. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were so close, so close. So close. So, Jen, how many films did he win an Oscar for? Like, as director? Hitchcock, yeah. Zero. Zero. Congratulations. Oh, I forgot to say it's the first of three if you listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he Kareem. was robbed. He was robbed. <laughs> he was robbed. It was, yeah, honestly, I think they gave him a lifetime one. Just you know, as, yeah. Because they probably thought, oh, shit. <laughs> forgot about it. They're probably looking at those like, wait, Hitchcock's never won one of these? Oops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, better rectify that one quick. 
Okay, Kareen, how many stars does Hitchcock have on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? One? Is that your final answer? Okay, yeah. Jen, do you know? I'm afraid it's not. Okay, if he has one for movies, I expect one for TV. What else do they give stars for? I don't think of him as a radio. I'm going to say two. You're right to say two, Jen. Congratulations. Could have given him one for cigar smoking or something. (laughs) Yeah, possibly. Okay, you can pull it back, Kareen. It's easily done. Honestly, It's okay. I'm not a sore loser. Relax. (laughs) You're in Italy. What do you care? Yeah. Exactly. I'm fine. (laughs) Have you got fed up with pasta and pizza yet? I just... I'm in Sorrento, and so there's okay. a lot of seafood. So I had seafood tonight, so it was oh, good. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm famous for its ham as well, isn't it? Sorrento ham, or what yeah, you call it? So. Yeah. We'll we'll both be over tomorrow, Jen. Shall we? Should we nip and go and have a meal? Yeah. With three? Well, I'll I'll we can meet in Naples for some pizza. Okay. I'll be there next week, so I can meet you next week. So okay, okay. Glad you got you. <laughs> that'll do. That'll calling do. the for airline reservations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, Kareen, so how many films did Hitchcock serve as director? Forty-eight? I don't know. So that's not a bad guess. Jen? <laughs> Again, I only know the sound ones. I haven't if you're counting the silence, because I the he did a bunch, so 55? Again, notorious number, 69. <laughs> oh, of course. I should have guessed with this Don't podcast. Do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he did 16. Well, I don't mean. There's no reason for that, rude, that number to be rude, is there? I don't know. No. Right. <clears throat> Jen. What role does Paul Newman play in 1966's Torn Curtain? What ro- I know it's with Julie Andrews, and it's one I haven't... I, if, I don't remember. If I've seen it, it's been a, too long. I don't remember. Do you know, Karee? I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Nor have I, but apparently <laughs> he was a rocket scientist. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. He likes okay. to tear curtains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was what he was, yeah. Rocket fuel. Okay, Kareen. Where in 1939's Jamaica Inn was set? Where was it set? It's quite a straightforward one. Jamaica? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Or is it, or is it like... Jersey, like an island off the coast of England. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it, so. Uh, never mind. Oh, sorry. Jen, do you know? <sighs> um, I did wa- watch it a while ago, and I believe it's based on Daphne du Maurier's story. So I'm going to go Cornwall? You're spot on, England, Cornwall, England. Absolutely. Cornwall. <laughs> well done, Jen. You've won the quiz. Congratulations. And, uh, your prize is in the post. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. 
But yes, you can still visit Jamaica in. It's still a considered one of the most haunted places in the UK, and it's still there in Cornwall. Um, it's where all the okay. smugglers first used to come on shore and it's, I thought it was loot. weird. It's kind of weird. I don't know. I don't need to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, if you visited it. I think it's a very young um, Maureen O'Hara, I think. Is in that I was one. say it's been a long, long time. I don't even think I've seen the Hitchcock one. Really don't. But Isn't I it? Have... A, wasn't it a show? An English, a British show? Jamaica. Yeah, I think it was. They did do a serial of it, a, a four okay. part or a five parter. Yeah, I think they redid okay. it again, based like they did when they remade um, Rebecca and My Cousin Rachel and everything like that of Demonier. They uh, some of them were good, some of them not so good. Um, <laughs> right, Corrine, what is your number five? It is 1943's Shadow of a Doubt. Ooh, not seeing this one. That's my three. <laughs> um, it's you just see this girl who adores her uncle just slowly start to put things together, and then you just see her. Just, oh my God, my uncle is a horrible person. So you just start to see the wheels. And yet the family has no clue. She's the only one that's putting the things together. And of course, there's a little romance on the side with the police officer. It's Hitchcock. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just, the character development of that young girl just slowly just um the realization and then all these little accidents that start to happen to her because of the uncle she falls through the stairs she gets locked in the garage garage and almost dies falling off a train there's another train so loves the train yes it's yeah so I actually really like this film, so it was really good. Mm. I'm gonna have to yeah. put it on. I'm gonna have to put it on the list. <laughs> Is it another psychological? Um, um, type? I mean, there's a psychological aspect, I would say, right, Corinne? It's just yeah, it's always... not like a psychological crime thriller film, but it's you just see the brain just start to yeah. The realization. I think, I think it was his first American or shot in America, and it's it's about it's sort of it sort of reminded me, which I haven't seen in a bazillion years, like um, the David Lynch Blue Velvet, like all these. It's like a perfect small American town, and you see like smiling people and policemen waving, and then this evil presence yes. arrives by train. <laughs> Of course, by train. Shatter. Yeah, shatter the pieces. But the reason, Neil, I think you need to put on your list, it features Henry Travers, otherwise Mm. known as Um, Clarence. Yeah, It's a Wonderful Life. The the angel from your favorite movie. And And he always has like those little fun side characters, like 
Well, there, like you said, like the the niece is figuring all this out about her uncle, and then Henry Travers is the dad, which is bizarre because he was like seventy, and there's like an eight year old mm-hmm. daughter. Yeah, um, yeah, and a young was- son, and I'm just like. Doesn't yeah, <laughs> but so he he has this friend Hume Cronin who's like this weird little, and they they get together and just discuss murder, like yes. they're with crime fiction. So they're always talking about like how to murder people, and like Joseph mm. <laughs> Cotton's just sort of like. <laughs> but the friend actually saves the niece, Charlotte Charlie, because he's the one who rescues her from the garage. So what? It's a good one, Neil. Got it's check on it my out. list. It's gone on my list. It really has. So, Jen, what is your number five? 1944's Lifeboat. Okay. So it's been a long time. The Bankhead and a bunch of actors I couldn't name. Uh, oh, no, Hugh Cronin. There's another Hugh He's in there, too. So, um, I don't know if you guys know this one. I do. It's a long time since I've seen it. This is where um, their boat's torpedoed, isn't it? And they're on the Yeah, it's literally the whole thing takes place on a lifeboat. Mm. And the way he got his cameo was someone on the boat has a newspaper. That's right. And he has a, there's like a before and after, because apparently around that time in real life, Hitchcock had lost like 100 pounds. There's like a before and after picture for like some weight loss drug that someone holds up in the paper. But um, yeah, I mean... I can't imagine the shoot. Like, I think they were in this soundstage with just water getting mm. <laughs> like everyone in the cab had pneumonia and was sick. Trench um, foot. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it was very controversial at the time, 1944. So these people, there's a boat that's torpedoed and it's these, whatever, 10 people on a lifeboat and they pull up um, a German sailor mm. onto the boat with them. And uh, I guess it was controversial at the time because people thought uh, he he was portrayed sympathetically, the Nazi. Yeah. I think watching it now, it's, I mean, you think of that, it was in the midst of the war and it sort of shows people, like, we you have to come together to fight this common enemy. Like, I remember thinking, like, if I had seen that movie, it, and I was British in 1944, I would have probably watched and been like, oh, those Nazis mean business. Mm. Like, they're not playing by any rules that we've ever, you know, as far as warfare or whatever, like, they are in this to win it, and he is diabolical, but, like, in the psychological games he's playing with these people on the boat, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, I'm gonna have I added to it to the list. I haven't seen it, so oh. we've all got a lot of homework, haven't we? I know. Yeah, and a lot of films. I had to pick and choose. So. It was very tough. Sixty-nine. <laughs> really? So I still no. haven't even seen half of them. No, no, I don't think I ever will. Probably as oh. much as I'd like to. There's so much else to watch. That's the problem right. nowadays. There's too much things to watch all the and time. And these are hard to find. Mm? Sadly, these are hard to track down. They are. They are now. They really are. So my number five was Vertigo. We spoke about that. So Kareen, your number four, please. Psycho from 1960 with a young Anthony Perkins and Jamie Lee Curtis's mother, Janet Lee. So um, I wasn't sure going to like this one. I don't tend to like a huge lot of 
violent films, which is why I kind of like um, Hitchcock because I like the psychological thrillers. But this violence wasn't too bad. And it's just Anthony Perkins, I guess, mm. psychotic person. And um, I don't know. It's just an iconic movie. And I just ended up really liking it. So I mean, I'll probably talk about this later <laughs> because I, I, I think this film, obviously it kick-started a revolution to me in cinema. And now I'm a big fan of horror movies. People might know this, people might not. I just suddenly realised I'm wearing The Exorcist <laughs> on my shirt. Yes, um, I see that. <laughs> yeah. um, this, to me, changed horror films for the better. Um, okay. It taught people that it takes you out of um, what you think is going to happen and the norm um, into the realms of the unexpected. I mean, the first time I saw it, I really didn't re- didn't twig at all that he was the mother. I mean, everybody's the same. Yeah, that was... A nice twist there, it so was you a know. Big twist, <laughs> big twist. Probably, I would think, probably the most famous twist in movie history. I would think. Yes. Um, you know, it it was just there was it just had an air of dread the whole time, and like you said, it's not particularly violent. It's more plays on your mind. Um, yes. And God forbid, nobody should ever watch that remake that Gus Van Sant did. No. Don't worry, I won't. And yeah. I haven't. So yeah, please I'll don't. stick to this one. So try to yeah. do it shot by shot. I gave it a chance. I don't think I've ever Did been you make so bored. It through? Did you- <laughs> I went to the cinema to see it and I was the only one in the screen. I thought I'll go because my partner at the time, I always remember she went to see that film with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. That's something magic, perfect magic. Practical also. magic. Practical magic. And I said, You guys go and see that. I'll go and check this out. I've been talking about it. How I wish I went to see Practical Man. <laughs> Honestly, it was dreadful. Yeah. Well, I think when you talk about how it changed the game, and we might not have that perspective, but I guess in 1960, the fact that Janet Lee was one of the biggest movie stars mm. in the world, and she's killed within the first, like, qu- like the first, first half part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, the first right. quarter and of the so movie. Audiences then would have been like, oh, they didn't. No, they did it just to kill Janet Lee. Mm. You know, that's that can't be. And then, like, this fear of that, like, well, then who's safe if Janet Lee has <laughs> half hour in the movie? I love having the cat thrown, you know, the cat thrown into the pigeons like that. It changes everything that you, right. you takes away your safety net. And that's what yeah. Hitchcock did there. And cha- like yeah. I said, changed the horror genre. He really did. Um, and the fact that she wasn't, you know, she was on the run herself. She'd stolen the money, hadn't she? She was on the run. She's not innocent. No. Oh. Well, I don't know if that justifies her. No, 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 of course not. But it doesn't again, justify you know, being stabbed to death in the shower, but... Um... It was his mother, Kareem. Right. And my mom <laughs> right. was in college when that movie came out, and she talks about how, you know, they would sneak, they would scare each other in the showers. Like, how terrifying mm. that be. To like be oh this is hilarious I mean oh my gosh I mean my dad I probably got my love of horror from my dad I mean he used to let me watch a TV series in the UK called Hammer House of Horror you know which was Christopher Lee sort of stuff and I was I just used to love it I mean terrified me but I used to enjoy that sort of ghost train ride but my dad always spoke about seeing Psycho at the cinema in 1960 and saying that it truly terrified him back then you know yeah 
So it did. It changed. It changed things for yeah. sure. I I respect. I would have put on my list, but unlike you, I am terrified of horror movies, and this movie <laughs> still freaks me out. So I wasn't willing to watch it again. <laughs> no, no, that's absolutely fair. That ending, that last shot, stays with you for good, doesn't it? it really does. He wanted her to fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jen, your number four then, please. 1956, The Man Who Knew Too Much. Because I had to get a Jimmy Stewart in there. So that's, oh, yeah. yeah, Jimmy Stewart, Doris Day. Um, it's a remake, sort of. There was, I think it was 1934. He was the first movie, The Man Who Knew Too Much with Peter Lorre. Um and they've remade it since, haven't they? He, Hitchcock remade his own film, oddly mm. enough. But um, I don't know if you've seen this one, but I I mean, I love Doris Day. Love Doris Day. And you might know her for like the Rock Hudson kind of rom-com, but she plays, well, Jimmy Stewart's a doctor and his wife, Joe, they are on holiday in Morocco with their son. And she was they like- They changed a, the location. Huh? They changed the location from because I saw the 1934 one. So I was like, that's right. Yeah, they were in the mountains. And there's a scene that the acting, Doris Day, it's such a powerful scene. So basically, they're there with their son and they meet people that are kind of, you know, not who they say they are. Um, And their son gets kidnapped. And there's a scene like Jimmy Stewart knows and he has to tell her that they've taken the son and he doesn't want her to, it's very chilling. He doesn't want her to become hysterical like women do. So he takes sedatives out of his medical bag and he makes her take these sedatives before he tells her what happened. And so she starts getting hysterical while like getting sedated. And it's yeah. And then there's a, it's good. And so then they come back to London. So there are scenes in London because they're trying to track their son down. And another very famous scene at in the Royal Albert Hall, Neil. Yeah. So, and there's a symphony playing and there's no dialogue for like 12 minutes. And it's just the suspense because she knows there's an assassin somewhere, but she doesn't. It's like in the middle of this concert and she's... Yeah, it's it still holds up. So that's my number four. Oh, and it it won best Os- it won best song Oscar for the earworm Kesara Sara. Oh right, okay. Or say things for what feels like twenty minutes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that one. It's one of the ones that's passing by. I th- didn't Bill Murray do a remake of it as well? Further down the line, he might have done. I don't know. I don't know. I don't mm. know why Bill Murray would do that. Well, they probably turned it into a comedy. Know, like a parody of sort, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe. So, my number four is The Birds. Yes, a horror. Yeah, you like the horror. It still freaks me <laughs> out, Neil. He does it. I mean... I'm a bit more uncomfortable watching it, knowing how he, t- he treated... Uh, treated the lead actress in that movie when you watch the um the biog that they did i mean it makes you feel a bit more uncomfortable especially animal cruelty as well probably would never get made now but it's still to make something so every day that you see every day terrifying is an art 
um, to to think about these birds and the sinisterness of them. I know ganging up on you, as it were. We should say, and attacking. It was a real art to me, and it is terrifying. You know the bits with just yeah, all of them. Have you ever seen this one, Karine? No, I have, and once is enough. I am with old Allie McKay when she didn't like the birds when she yeah. lived in LA. I do not like the birds, so I'm not a fan. So you have a lot of birds in LA, do you? I don't live in LA. I live oh. in Orange County, so oh, right. not too many. So, not but. Except Sam was attacking at certain times of the year. <laughs> a bit north. Yeah, I don't live down there either. So, um, yeah, I, it was horrifying. It was scary. Not a fan. <laughs> uh, well, fair enough. Fair enough. Even, even now, like if you're somewhere walking or whatever and you see six birds on a telephone wire, don't you start? Yes. Yeah, I'm like, no, nope, yeah. keep walking. Just. But that's what's so great. I mean, it's a bit like almost they almost parodied it in Finding Nemo, didn't they? With the the seagulls, mine, mine, yes. and they get more and more. Right, right. But yeah, it is. It's a truly. It's like I said. It's something every day that we see and, and are around. I mean, obviously, people have phobias of birds and things, but he he really mastered the craft in that movie of taking something every day and turning it into something terrifying. And yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that. Uh, and I think another Daphne du Maurier adaptation. Is it really? There you go. I'm learning everything all the time. But um, I was going to say, with my horror, I'm not a person that enjoys... I, I mean, I'll sit through, you know, the things like they're being released as we record this, The Nun 2 and that. But that, to me, is just a ghost train ride. You know, it just quiet, quiet. Boo! And I, yeah. that bores me. I'm just like, that's not scary. I like the psychological... I like it to work its way in and you're you're driving home at night or you're sitting in bed at night and you're thinking about the movie. That's a winner. Um, some people call me strange for it, but I think, you know, as the film experts say, there's a very fine line between comedy and horror. So there we are. And Hitchcock, has, he, his suspense already always had the comedy. That's mm. the other thing. There was always like, as soon as, to break the tension, there would be something silly or, yeah. So he was really good at that. Too. Yeah, absolutely. He was. I don't absolutely. remember a lot of humor in the birds, though. It's uh, pretty intense. Well, in yeah, the-, the beginning, you know, when she's in the bird shop before it becomes scary, she kind of has that flirtation with the, the guy. And so she was a little yeah. bit sassy a little bit. So it was kind of. It was, yeah, it was like hearted there, part. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sending bird tweets all over now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Corrine, your number three, please. 1959 North by Northwest. Great minds think alike again. That's my number three as well. <laughs> With Cary Grant and Eva Marie Saint. And yeah, it was kind of a good espionage. There's always a little bit of a twist, and I just found it very entertaining, that film. It was. And obviously, I mean, we talk about iconic. We've talked about iconic, and we try not to use that word. But I still think the airplane over the field where he's trying to evade it is still probably the most iconic scene in one of the most iconic scenes in movie history. And it's the tension that it builds in that movie to me. It's Yes, and... 
the government knows he's not the real agent because that agent doesn't exist. Um, and he's just running for his life, but they don't actually step in until pretty late. Until, yeah, it's just really late. And this poor guy could have been dead by the mm. time right. they, they intervened. Like, Good luck. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. But again, Cary Grant in this one as well, he's, he's smoldering in this one, isn't he? Because he's an older Cary Grant for us. Yes. Yeah. Older Four. Cary Grant. Mm. From I'll, Bristol. I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it soon. <laughs> <laughs> he was from. He was born in Bristol, which is very much near where myself and Pav live. Um, literally 40 minutes down the road, and that's where he was born. It was it Archibald Leach, wasn't it? Yep. Okay. See why he changed his name. <laughs> yeah. Which is the character John Cleese in A Fish Called Wanda named himself Archie Leach. That's and that right. Because of Cary Grant. Yeah, a very good movie. Very good movie indeed. So number three, Jen, was Shadow of the Doubt for you. Number three right. for myself is North by Northwest. So we're all the way back around to you again, Kareen, for your number two. My number two is 1954's Rear Window. Have you been copying my list? I didn't know. I just spoke to you in a bit. I don't know. Great minds think alike. (laughs) It is. My number one's probably different from the rest of yours, but. Yeah. Rear Window. Jimmy Stewart liked him a bit better in this one. And um, of course, you know, Jen's favorite actress, Grace Kelly. (laughs) Fabulous clothes. Love her. Watch it for the wardrobe. Because <laughs> she's basically like a socialite, fashionista, but kind of gets a little gritty in this one. You know, she's all for jumping in and helping out since he uh, mm. can't really move. So, um, and then just, oh, and that has um, Raymond Burr in it. I don't know it if does. you were. Perry Mason fan. I love to watch the reruns of Perry Mason. So, um, and uh, yeah, and he's then he's just a photographer. He starts buying. He's got nothing else to do. Very hot, and then he gets his nurse and his girlfriend partner to go digging, so to speak. And that poor dog. You've ever seen it? That poor dog. And no, I was not a fan of that part, but. That was the first, I don't, it had to have been in the 80s or something. They, it came out, it was re-released in the movie theaters. And I remember mom, we went as a family and that was the first, like to see it on the big screen and it kind of blew my mind. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it was a bit young in the 80s for me to go watch Rear Window. So my parents <laughs> didn't take me, so. But it's all it's it's um, almost a little bit uncomfortable how much of a voyeur he becomes. Literally, yes. you're not you're not seeing things like you did. I mean, it's still. Do you remember that Sharon Stone film they did, sort of, which was so say inspired by Rear Window? That sil- sliver was it? Sliver. And it's like you know that's not, just good. Taking it, not yeah. good and taking it too far. Whereas, you know, I, I, when you watch Rear Window, you're almost uncomfortable with Jimmy Stewart's voyeurism. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, he's 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 prying his neighbors' windows, isn't he, into what's going on? And <laughs> and all their win- you know, all the neighbors' windows are open, and you have that wand and one, you know, bouncing bouncing around in her apartment, right. half dressed, and so that's a little eerie part on that part. Um, 
But yeah, but at the same time, he's kind of stuck. Mm. Kind of ironically, at the end, <laughs> the other leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so. it's, it's, it's another thing that's parodied. I mean, you know you've done well, or you know anything's done well, if the Simpsons parody it. And they did it with Bart Simpson, didn't they, when he was stuck in the wheelchair with his broken leg and started spying and getting his sister to go into the opposite was it the flanders house and go and steal so there was a, there's a big element in there of real women. Yes. But <clears throat> this is the film that i say if you if you're not a big fan of horror or if you're not a big fan of black and white it's the one that i think is your introduction to hitchcock it's a great introduction because it's it's quite an easy one to follow some of them yes. you, get, you get the twists and the turns and you lose sort of the narrative of where it's going. But this one to me is just straightforward. Exactly. You know, you follow it. It's, 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 it's not painting by numbers, but it's, it's clever and it's accessible to everyone. It's yes. And this one. Yeah. Hitchcock likes trains. He also likes apartments. So he, does. Um... <laughs> he certainly does. So remember to keep your curtains drawn guys and no parading around half dressed. Me, on the other hand, I will. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, if you don't show up for one of these episodes, we know what happened. Yeah, that's me. That is me. So, it wasn't too traumatic for you to see him in the cast. <laughs> oh, no. Do you know, Jen, I to this day, I, I, all I've had is a brace fitted on my leg. I've never had a cast yet. And in my oh. life, I've never had a cast. So even when they operated on my ankle, they didn't give me a cast. It was one of these yeah, stupid... for the rear window special. <laughs> yeah, Neil in a brace on his crutches, slowly, oh. slowly walking around and falling around. So, Jen, what was your number two? <laughs> oh, my gosh. One moment, please. <laughs> Drum roll. I know, I'm so, so excited <laughs> to say. You guys already talked about Rebecca, 1940. I've probably seen this, probably one of the, more than a lot of the other ones. Um, I remember when I was still living in LA, we went to a screening at the Pantages Theater for it. Now it's cool to see on the big screen. And his daughter introduced it, Patricia Hitchcock. Um, like you, like you mentioned before, that Judith Anderson is still terrifying as Mrs. Danvers. I love me some George Sanders. He's just so delicious and oily and wicked and charming. And he's that's how he's in this. But he's also I forgot he's in um foreign correspondent, and it's one of the few times he's kind of like the good guy because he's always sort of like this villainous kind of kind of thing so um the sets are unbelievable it's gorgeous i know it's all soundstage um oh hitchcock also loves uh rear projection and some miniatures because i guess mandalay was all miniatures and i think it's one of the one of the examples of the i think the movie is better than the book which I don't think happens all the time. I, I I remember reading the book, I don't know, decades ago, and I was like, meh. Um, and I probably picked it up again a couple years ago, and I still did not like it. It's very, I mean, it's probably like the play. They changed it. Mm. It's very clear he's a murderer um, in the book. 
Yeah. And um, and that, you know, the movies back then, you couldn't get away with murder. Like the murder had to be punished. And so they had this, the reveal at the end is this very elaborate, like she fell and she hit her head, but he was going to do this. And you think she's pregnant, but we couldn't have had that either because she was pregnant by someone else. So they had to change all that kind of stuff. And it kind of ends. And in the book, I just remember the that main character, the second Mrs. DeWinter, she's just such this little mouse and she just mopes around the whole time. I guess it's supposed to be very gothic. Like Maxim is always gloomy and depressed and she's like, oh, he doesn't love me. He doesn't love me. Oh no, he doesn't love me. Um, and the big reveal when he's like, I hated Rebecca. I killed her. And her reaction isn't, I married a murderer. Her reaction was, oh, he didn't love Rebecca. He <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Not exactly <laughs> a feminist novel. No. <laughs> so that's that's the biggest change um, from the book. But yeah, just the, the cast, the, the setting. I mean, it's, yeah, I think it holds up. And there's even... If you notice, every time they mention Rebecca, like, there's like a motif of like creepy organ music. <laughs> she has like like scary, be like so. Yeah, I I I really like that one. Yeah, it's a great movie. It really two. is. Absolutely right. So my number two was Rear Window, the same as Kareen's. So what we'll do, we'll do our little uh, top 10 countdown. We'll go from 10 to 2. If you'd like to go first, Kareen, and tell everybody what we were again. My number 10 was The Trouble with Harry. Number 9, Strangers on a Train. 7, Vertigo. 6, Dial M for Murder. 5, Shadow of a Doubt. 4, Psycho. Three North by Northwest and two Rear Window. Fantastic. And Jen? Number 10, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Number nine, Suspicion. Eight, Foreign Correspondent. Seven, The Lady Vanishes. Six, Notorious. Five, Lifeboat. Four, The Man Who Knew Too Much, 1956. Three, Shadow of a Doubt. Two, Rebecca. Fantastic. And mine goes as follows. At number 10, I had Rebecca. At number 9 was Rope. At number 8 was To Catch a Thief. Number 7, Marnie. Number 6, Dial M for Murder. Number 5, Vertigo. Number 4, The Birds. Number 3, North by Northwest. Number 2, Rear Window. So, Kareen, what is your number 1? My number one is 1946, Notorious. It was already discussed. Um, There is like the history element. So you have Ingrid Bergman, you know, as a daughter of a Nazi war criminal, but they, uh, Cary Grant, I know everyone loves Cary Grant. Mm -hmm. And you just, they do have that good, chemistry so it was a good movie to watch and then you just see her deteriorate yes and um again you just see her um try to do the spine and they're on to her and he has to go into the house and then you know what's going to happen to her husband 
just like the dinner guest who had an outburst, you know what happens. So um, I kind of like the espionage of it. And that Claude Rains, right, is the husband? I th- it was. Yes, as yeah, okay. Alex Sebastian. Right. <laughs> Claude Rains. I feel bad man. for him. Almost. Almost. He wasn't a Nazi. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. And I forgot, you know, if you've seen Mission Impossible 2, the John Woo one, a lot of it is shot for shot notorious. Okay. Very heavily inspired, okay. Very heavily inspired by notorious. Yeah. I'm going to have to reappraise that. Yeah. I was <laughs> going to controversially say I always found Mission Impossible Two the most dull of the tr- of the, that franchise, but going to have to rewatch it because it did have some it's great action. I mean, it's definitely a John Woo movie. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pigeons or doves, I should say, not pigeons. The right, posher, right. the posher pigeon, the dove flapping around, and a lot of motorbikes in slow motion, wasn't it? Yep. But yes, what a great movie! Notorious didn't make, quite make mine because, I, like I said before, I'm not. I haven't seen it in such a long time. Would you say that's your most watched Hitchcock film then, um, Corrine? Um, I think some of the older ones, I've seen Strangers on a Train a bit more and like the older films, but once I, I hadn't seen it before I agreed to do this and I just really ended up liking it. So I'll probably watch it again. No, fantastic. Right, Jen. So big reveal. What is your number one? My number one is... 1959's North by Northwest, Carrie Grant, Ivan Marie Saint, James Mason, Martin Landau. Mm. I love it so much. It's perfection. Cary Grant is, I mean, no one was like him. And like I said, he was, what, in his 50s? Um, and he's he's running. He's doing Tom Cruise before Tom Cruise. He is a, he's mm. running a lot. He's in amazing shape. You can tell like at the end when he's sort of climbing around that house and like, wow, he sure is nimble. But then you he was an acrobat when he was young. So he's just his physicality is so mm. it's yeah, it's it's nice to watch. And uh, Ava Marie Saint, like her again, I love the clothes. <laughs> she I always have loved the clothes in that movie and they aren't designed by like Edith Head did a lot of them Hitchcock took apparently Emory Saint he didn't like anything the wardrobe people were suggesting so he's like let's go to Bergdorf's and that's what they just got all her clothes off the rack at Bergdorf's oh, so, wow. yeah, yeah yeah but that scene, like you mentioned the um in the cornfield again a lot of silence, him just standing there and the tension that's building in that. And again, making like, why would you think just standing at, there's no reason to be afraid of that really mm. still freaked out. I don't like to be in the wide. I, I don't like flat. I'm from Pittsburgh. So we have a lot of Hills. And when I go places a couple of years ago, I, I was in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and I was in a hotel like on the fifth floor and it's just flat and cornfields as far as you could see. And it mm. was making me anxious. Right. Actually you're, made me anxious. It, it you're out. listening out for that small drone to come over the I know. Like where's the crop duster? Um, yeah. So I just, North by Northwest, it just, nobody is who they say they are. Mm. And, you know, and it, the action, it just keeps going, keeps going. And 
watching it recently, I honestly think Cary Grant drunk is one of the best drunk performances <laughs> ever put on screen. Mm. And he gets to be Cary Grant. Like, he's hilarious when he's also yes. being chased around and stuff. But, like, mm. when he's drunk, it's, it's fantastic. I just, yeah, I can watch it anytime. Any and he day. is a great, great, as we said before, a great leading man and sort of got, he's like yeah. a bottle of wine, got better with age, oh didn't God. he? Yeah, yeah, he's, mm. yeah. He's shirtless at one point. Yeah, it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I agree with that all the way. So my number one is no surprise. We've I've already talked about it when um, Kareen told you. It's Psycho. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of this film. Um, people that know me know that I always say it's a great introduction to a good horror film. It's got everything you need. It's got the jumps, although a lot of the jumps for people will have been spoiled nowadays. It's got, you know, that side of horror. It's got the psychological bits and it's got what Hitchcock did best is the twist. And I would say if anybody has never seen Psycho, man up and watch it because it's worth it at the end. It really is. How many times do you think you've seen it? I don't know. It's quite a staple because I like I've introduced it to I mean I say all my kids, I've got two kids. I've introduced it to both of them when they're of age, get them into horror. Um and they like it. They yeah, liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially afterwards when you when I said, you know, like I explained on here how it changed horror and they, they became very um very much in, enthralled in it. I don't right. know. It's gotta be in the tens, let's put it that way. If it Easy. wasn't that scary. <laughs> Now, if yeah. you did, you come to Universal Studios in LA. Did you we, see? You saw the psycho. Did. Yeah, I couldn't get over how much the guy that runs out at you with the knife looked like Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Anthony Perkins, sorry. Yeah, I know. I because I used to work at NBC. I used to work at Universal Studios. Right. Yeah, I wasn't in the park, but you know, if people came to visit, I'd take them around the back lot, and oh, there's the psycho house. And I just remember that guy. Like the tram would go by, and this mm. guy would come out. He just walked with a body. Oh, he, he didn't have the body when we had him. He, he just, came he, out with a big knife. <laughs> yeah, he came out with a body and put it in a trunk and, like, like didn't even pay attention to the tram. He just came out carrying, like, a canvas oh, wow. body and put it in the trunk and then went back in the house. And I just remember thinking, that's that guy's job. Like, mm. is he getting a sad card? <laughs> Because <laughs> he keeps carrying a body to go all day. I know it's such a repeat thing. I mean, I wondered when when me and because myself and Pav did an LA right. trip back in twenty. Oh Christ, nearly ten years ago now. Yeah, and uh, we must do another one. And um, yeah, it was the way he stomped out the door and onto the onto the veranda or whatever it is that. Yeah. It, at the front and he was in such an urgency i i actually said to pav do you think he's just getting sick and tired of doing that all day and he's just trying to get it over <laughs> as quick as he can but like i said i could not get over how much he looked like perkins it did was... he come up to the tram like how close did he no, no he was close but he didn't really he had the knife and he just like okay. stormed out as if to say um okay. he might have done more but i think we were right. quite near the front but i have got a picture of him i managed to take a picture of him because i was so like I said, I just couldn't get over how much he looked like him. <laughs> Probably why he got the job. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But like you, <laughs> you said, what having, having a, your agent, like, they need someone who looks like Anthony, 
Norman Bates. <laughs> yeah. Through the casting call. Uh, that'll be me. <laughs> you look the scariest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Norman Bates lineup. <laughs> we'll have you this week. Yeah. Ah, uh, but that's been a wonderful insight into what other people in your your Hitchcock movies. I think it's been so fascinating. Could listen to you both talk about them for ages and ages. Um, we so many we didn't mention, and I think the only one I had to write down that I haven't seen is Trouble with Harry. Oh uh, yeah, that's the uh, same as me. I've got that. I on think I have the shortest list, Neil. What's yours? Five. Oh, <laughs> loads probably. Yeah, I've got a all this scrolling I've got everywhere. <laughs> I've got scrolling everywhere and we've got a lot of honourable mentions as well as people that listen to the podcast have sent in what they think are their or what their favourite Hitchcock movies is and we've got Stu Gant who opened his message with ooh I don't know whether it's supposed to be like that but this is a good one so Rear Window is his favourite then he goes The Birds Psycho Vertigo The 39 Steps and Rope uh, we've got Clee Torres. Thank you very much for being a top head. I remember watching Frenzy. That's the last one he did, wasn't it? Frenzy. Um, Family Plot, I think, was last, but oh, Frenzy might have been one before. And that always looked too scary to me. Do you know, I've never actually seen it all the way through. It's very, very 70s coloured, almost like the Italian horror. Uh, what I remember seeing. I must go and watch that again. I must do. Uh, I remember watching Frenzy when I was younger and was so unsettled by it. But for me, Rear Window is such a nail biter. Jimmy Stewart is so good, isn't he? Just David Bajer, The Birds. And he even did an audio commentary for it back in the day. I'll get Pav to put the link for that on there for his commentary because God knows how to read that out. Uh, I will not be listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I hope this isn't a joke name. Chris Peacock. Just let that sink in a minute. Just the Strings from Psycho is enough for me, Masterpiece. Uh, Paul Osgood, Lifeboat. There we are. We so, talk about the movie scores and how powerful. I know. Yeah, yeah. They really are, aren't they? They really are. Again, it's the way he used the, mu- the music in the movies. Was... Um, revolutionary really i mean yeah. i've only seen a couple of the silence i wouldn't say i'm really into them i just saw them for research purposes and even the music on those are really spectacular i don't know whether they've been upgraded or what they've done to it what i saw but fantastic so sergio cervantes i hope i've said your name right north by northwest however i must admit i haven't seen any other hitchcock movie other than the birds when i was like 12 good way to uh screw your head up for life <laughs> <laughs> Doug, Doug Simpson, another top head. Thank you very much for the support. My number one would be either, uh, sorry, my number one would either be Strangers on a Train or Rebecca, both great choices. Lisa Buchanan, another top head. Thank you very much. So I am old enough to remember Alfred Hitchcock's Presents. We spoke about that with great reverence, I might add. As for the movies, two of my favorites are North by Northwest and Rear Window, but by far and above, Psycho to this day scares me. He was a genius when it came to cinematic illusion. I know history has shown him to be a tyrant and misogynist on his sets, so that needs to be said as well. And then Pat Myers. Hitchcock was the master of suspense. I'd go with The Birds, North by Northwest, and Psycho. Thank you very much for all your feedback. So, ladies, thank you very much for joining me. I hope it wasn't too painful without Pav. Pav, we do miss you. Well, I, Hi, Pav. I, I see him all the time. I know you do. Yes. No, I joke. Of course I miss him. <laughs> and he'll be back 
with his jolly, jolly, jolly nature of what he has. Um, he has said that I must remember to still read out the quick gump, you know, about all the social media. So you, you can find us on all the social medias at Top 10 Pods. Please give us a click, give us a like. Email us at top10pods at hotmail.com uh, with any suggestions. And do please come and support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods where there's all sorts of rewards where you can be a guest yourself so ladies once again thank you very much for joining me thank you very much kareen thank you thank you very much jen thanks neil you've been a master of information today for me yes, i'm impressed i was like yeah. i feel so underprepared <laughs> no that's yeah i'm that big of a nerd so no it's absolutely fine i could listen to that for weeks and weeks so we're going to carry on talking about this so thank you very much everybody for listening and start the countdown i think he says 10 9 Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.